0: Well, I was a little shocked. I don't feel like I deserve any of that. I mean, I'm just doing what I do, knowing what I've done for the last 25 years. A
1: few words of modesty from our May Trucker of the Month, owner-operator Matthew Carr, there at the top. He was nominated in Overdrive's Trucker of the Year competition for 2023 by his wife, Coran Carr, who surprised him with the nomination, the reason I asked him for his reaction to it. To my memory, all of our nominees have as yet this year come with the knowledge of the owner-operator involved when the nominations come from someone other than that owner, as it were. Owner-operator Carr is well-deserving, no doubt, coming off a banner year of pulling a fuel tanker in various areas of the country, least quality transportation out of Halltown, Missouri. I'm Todd Dills, and for this edition of Overdrive Radio for Friday, June 9th, 2023, and dropping at the worldfamous overdriveonline.com this coming Monday, we're walking through Carr's quarter-century trucking with him in his own words. It's a story full of the highs and lows you can expect from most of our lives. In Carr's case, early mistakes delivered real value and learning experiences that continue to serve a healthy respect for the difficulty of small business ownership. This year, the fuel hauler setting out on his second voyage towards success with authority, still in his very early stages, though he's much better prepared this time around than he was the last. In launching in a time like the present, he's banking on the wisdom and a maxim he's shared with others about trucking as an owner-operator.
0: I, I told him, I said, if you want to buy a truck and you want to get started, do it when times are bad. Because if you make it when times are bad, you're going to do it when times are good. If you buy them when times are good, you're not gonna make it when times are bad, you know. As for
1: his wife, Corinne, here's what she had to say about her nomination of car and his KMAC trucking business.
2: I thought that uh, this is something that he's had that lifelong dream of doing. And I've watched him do all of this from the the ground up. And I've been very impressed with his abilities um, on uh, having the contacts that he has um, yeah. He doesn't make any rash decisions. He thinks everything through um, obsessively before making decisions, which is really a, a great quality to have. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've just been very proud of watching him grow through this whole process and um, learning about all of these. I mean, it's 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 tough. There's so many permits and taxes and licenses and things to do, and um, it's just been. Really neat seeing him grow as a business owner and then having the authority for hazmat was his ultimate goal. So he he finally made it.
1: On the other side of our break, then we'll dive into owner operator cars history, which stretches back into the 1990s in southwest Missouri, not far from where he's headquartered today. Every diesel needs to defend against clogged injectors,
0: low lubricity, and slipping fuel economy. The best defense is the best defender. Howes Diesel Defender with advanced IDX4 detergent. Get a deeper clean, maximum lubricity, and boosted fuel economy.
1: Guaranteed. Howes Diesel Defender. Get optimal performance. Howes. For every diesel. Find more information at H-O-W-E-S houseproducts.com. You can try out the Warm Weather House Diesel Defender Fuel Treatment yourself if you just drop me a message on our podcast line with your name and address. I'll send you a prize pack, including a bottle of Defender and more from the company. That number's 615-852-8530. Alternately, send me an email at tdills at randallreilly.com. May Trucker of the Month, Matthew Carr, everyone.
0: i little town called Somersville about 550 people my graduating class was 25 or 26 people I hate to admit to it but I've just always been fascinated by these stupid ass trucks now because I've been in it most of my adult life (laughs) when I was a kid I loved them Um, my as a kid my best friend's dad was in he hauled cars you know uh, for a living and I used to but if they do something short, I'd, I could go ride with him every once in a while. And then my stepdad's, well, he's my he was my neighbor, but my stepdad's cousin had an old international cab over. He used to haul cattle. They used to haul their own cow. They were a pretty big outfit. So I would always go talk to him, and he'd let me look around in the truck. You know, and I never could go with him. You know, I don't cattle. I don't know what he he was always longer stuff. But yeah. I was pot and different things. Right. So, I you know even as a kid, my sister and my brother used to every time we'd pass the truck, I'd always say Peterbilt, Peter Bill, You know, <laughs> as as a young 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 man, you know, yeah. I was fast with them stupid Bills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now I believe you, if I'm not, if I'm remembering right, uh, you're the uh, proud owner of uh, mm-hmm. what is it, three eighty nine?
0: Well, I've had several of them, yes, but you know. Um, but yeah, it's a 389. I'm in a 21. I ordered it. I would it out. 290-inch road base. It's legendary blue. It's a nice truck. Yeah. I didn't do anything overboard with it because it's still a tool. It's a, you know, hammer's a hammer. Yep. It's still a tool. I did. I wasn't even trying to make it a show truck. No No point in that. I just wanted to make it nice for me.
1: What's the sleeper on it?
0: It's a- it is 78, I believe. It's the bigger one that you could get from the factory, not the super sleeper.
1: You're fascinated with trucks as a young age. are you know, riding along with uh, your your friend's father. Um, when did you kind of make moves to actually start working in trucking?
0: Well, I moved up. I, I moved up to Southwest Missouri when I was probably eighteen, nineteen, somewhere around there. And how I got started is my brother's neighbor is I'd go see my brother and they lived out in a little town called Freistadt. Well, their neighbor was dairy farmer and his, the dairy farmer, his kids had trucks, his daughter and her husband had trucks. Well, their daughter, which happened to be my first wife, um, ended up getting involved with them. And I honestly owe my career to that man. It's my ex father-in-law who it is. And He taught me, he's the one that taught me how to drive. And he had been, well, that was 25 years ago. And he'd been there for 20 years. So, you know, I don't come from the new breed of truckers. I come from that old school. Get your hand smacked if you've missed a gear mentality. <laughs> and I literally get your hand smacked if you missed a gear mentality. Didn't have automatics back then.
1: My, uh, a friend of mine, another old school driver for sure. He, he called it the, uh referenced the same thing. He said, that, what is it? The yardstick method of uh, <laughs> driver training. You know, you said, mm-hmm. guy sitting back in the sleeper, if you miss, you're going to get the yardstick.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. 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 He, he passed away a few years ago, but... What, what was his name? Andy Morgan. He taught me. He just taught me everything, you know, and yeah. some of the best advice... He ever gave me it was you never know as much as you think you know, and don't ever try to outdrive yourself. And that's, you know, the best vice advice he ever gave me.
1: Don't and go be, beyond be, your
0: limitations.
1: Yeah, be aware of your own limitations. Yeah, yeah, be that's what yeah,
0: be aware of your own limitations.
1: And that's it. Sounds like that served you well. I mean, I think Corin told me you haven't been, you haven't had any um, significant accidents over the course of your career.
0: No. I help fuel. I help petroleum products, so you always have to be on the defense.
1: What what were you? What were your 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 former in laws there? uh, What kind of work were they in again uh, when you when you were first getting trained? Oh, it
0: was reefer, reefer. Yeah, that was the easiest thing to get into back in the day. Well, it still is, I think.
1: anybody can do that. Yeah, I mean and it's uh it's one of the things that is a little bit less uh impacted by uh some of you know the the, the cycles of uh, economic activity, I guess. Sure. Yeah. You know, we all sure. got to eat. We all <laughs> we all want our, our food and beverage, right?
0: Absolutely. I think I was
1: 22
0: when I actually got my license and a lot of people wouldn't really hire me until I was 23. But or you know, back then everybody jumped jobs, but I, I believe I was working for CTI. I think I was working for CTI central transport or central Trucking out of whatever, what do they call her name? Anyway, they're out of Indiana and they're, you know, they have a big terminal in Springfield okay. and um, I was going out this, I was in early twenties, 22 pro 23, barely 23. I was going out West one day and I, I think I was in Wyoming and I ran into a tanker driver and he pulled up. I mean, he he passed me and I went to the truck stop. I pulled up to get fuel. And he was sitting there in the lawn chair, just kicking back, unloading. So I started talking to him a little bit about it. And you know, we talked about different things and he was telling me about how fast paced it is, you know. You get to relax a little bit like he was unloading sitting in a lawn chair because you want to be with where your shutoffs are. And, uh, you know, about how how many loads he does a day and there's different things. And I thought, I might be interested in that. Well, <clears throat> me and being young and ignorant, I ended up, I quit that job, went to work for another job because the trucks weren't fast enough for me. You know, young and stupid. And I worked for a guy by the name of Mike Moss. And it was Starport Leasing out of Springfield, Missouri. And actually, he didn't lease trucks yet. So I worked for him as a company driver. And somebody talked him into doing a lease purchase on these trucks. And he ended up doing that. And I did. I did real well for a while. I did. I did real good for a while. And. I ended up getting hooked up with some of them old timers and like, oh, you don't need to do that. And so, you know, it was stupid stuff. I mean, literally, we drove like idiots. And, you know, fuel was going up. And I wasn't making any, you know, 82 cents a mile as an owner-operator. What I thought to be an owner-operator, that wasn't, I, I didn't know squat back then. And uh, got too many speeding tickets is what happened. And uh, actually got my license suspended for... Thirty or ninety days—I don't remember—for too many tickets, too many points. Anyway, ended up letting him have that truck back. Like I said, as a lease purchase, he he expected—he expect—they all expect them lease purchases to go back.
1: Yeah, that's too bad. That's
0: anyway. So I had to work BS jobs. Um, Ended up getting custody of my daughters. Had to drive a dump truck. Got my license straightened out. Drive a dump truck for several years. Never forgot about the gas business. Never forgot about it. And then. Got an opportunity to work for an outfit. They're still around, but I didn't know much about them. Hall and ethanol started with that and then ended up going to work for a company called Solar. They're right out of Des Moines, Iowa. And it was a good company. It still is a good company. And they're still around. They, uh, the payback then wasn't the greatest. And I thought, well, I could do better. So I went to work for another guy. You know, by the name of John Autry, pulling tanker. This was um, probably 15, 17 years ago, I'm thinking. John Autry wasn't that long ago, but went to work for a guy by the name of John Autry. And he, uh, owner operator, he's had several trucks through the years and he kind of mentored me on owning and I listened to what he did, I paid attention because, you know, I knew times were changing. You had to do things different. And Gas was, you know, a whole different beast, a whole different monster of how you operate your business. I, I learned a lot from him. And, and so I kind of give my, he, I kind of tell everybody he's my mentor because when it comes to trucking business, he, he knows his stuff. And so I just learned from him. Most people don't think about this, especially big fleets. But one of the simplest things that he has taught me is a little bit, spend a little bit now will save you a lot of of money later. And doing maintenance on these trucks, you know, um, simple things, simple things that's not that expensive will save you a lot of money, you know. And something else that he taught me is you're not always going to be able to pay yourself. It, you But you always got to make sure your drivers come first and your company comes first. Even if you have bad times, you can't pay yourself. We went through some rough times. There was times we only had a hundred bucks in our business account, and and um, but we made it through. We always made it through. But one of the things that I took from his page is minor things. Believe it or not, shocks. All right, especially with what we do with gas, shocks are only going to last you about a year on the tractor, especially drive shocks. They they, that's everybody's like well when when they start leaking that's changing no no when when you start feeling them um one of my mechanics that he does he's like i I don't know how you know when them shocks are going bad i said I just feel it but you know think about it. shocks are 100 bucks a piece tires are 700 dollars a piece six seven hundred dollars a piece bad shocks makes your tires go bad you know stuff like that you know change your Change your air and fluid properly. Just stuff like that. I mean, just simple right. things like that. A little bit of maintenance, pre-maintenance skills, a long ways.
1: You mentioned the tough times. I think maybe we're, we might be jumping ahead a little bit. Tell me, tell me though. Um, you know, you. When did you When did you really go out and buy the first truck? When was it Was that six years ago? The first actual truck
0: that I bought, one that wasn't a lease deal. Well, I only did that once, but and the reason it took so long is I was raising my daughters. But I, I, I'll tell you this, having custody of my kids, I didn't want to commit to something that I knew I would have to commit to hundred percent. So after I got custody, you know, until until my daughters got grown is before I bought my first truck, which part of that is my wife, you know, now that has supported me and helped me get through the bad times. She's, I'm going to tell you, she's a hell of a lot smarter than I am. But, uh, (laughs) but anyway, so six years ago, I bought my first truck. I started out leasing on to a few companies here and there. Didn't care for it. I, I wanted to go back. Island did it for about a year. Went back to gas. Um, I was leased on to a guy a couple different times. Um, quality transportation at Halltown yeah. named Dave Baum. I, I got to give him kudos. He's a good man. He's a great man. He just, <clears throat> I just uh, hauling gas, you know, um, leased on to him probably five years ago so we've only been, been six years seven years
2: almost seven
0: years almost ago. seven years I, yeah so i've been leased on him off and on there was a short spot in between there that i got my own authority and went out on my own well i made the mistake of not listening to a lot of these guys don't grow too fast don't grow too fast i did Tried to buy too much insurance got high luckily when I bought the market was down and I got to sell sell everything when the market was on the uptick. So that that diverted that disaster. But anyway. So leased on to him for several years. And then the um, last couple of years I've, you know, done pretty well for myself money wise. And I don't have any depreciation left. So I decided to buy a trailer and go back out on my own again.
1: He's well prepped for this, as we'll hear, having learned from his past mistakes operating a small fleet and with quality transportation I mentioned earlier, taking a lead role on various emergency services projects for them through the years, including recent times.
0: Probably January, February, March, out in Colorado, I was bidding on work, getting the work, and then dispatching you know, probably about five of his trucks while I was out Colorado. He, Which was great that he allowed me to do that because my rates bidding that stuff are a lot higher than what he would have bid it for. Cause he would have just. really, Yeah. He, when it comes to emergency stuff, he, he lets, you know, some of his owner operators just bid on it and go on with it, you know, just handle yeah. it. Well, he's more focused, which by all rights, he needs to be. He's more focused on his customers, that his daily customers. And that's, which is good. That's what you should do. That's how you stay in business. then, one offs that make you a lot of money in the short term don't necessarily keep you in business. So, yeah.
1: now are you about to go bet your business on those one offs? <laughs> no. no I,
2: sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes yeah, yeah. If it's a disaster, yeah, it's it's yeah. like emergency
0: leave. Hurricanes or like back in February, SunCor out in Colorado went down for a while. So, right, uh, that's right. Have I to remember that. Gas trucks in the country are out there hauling fuel.
1: So, you recently purchased a trailer?
0: Yeah. It is a 2023 polar uh, gas trailer, four hole, 9500 gallon capacity. We don't haul that much. It's just what the capacity is. Four different compartments. You could oh, yeah. load four different products on there, technically.
1: Is that a common scenario? Different products that- on the same trailer? oh yeah that's it's
0: done every day yeah. i mean every day it's that's how most flows are built Good. you know you'll have let's just say you'll have six thousand regular unleaded um you may have a thousand premium and a thousand diesel on there or right. you know 65 one-to-one something you know similar to that scenario right
1: and when you do when you're doing these deliveries are you you're picking up where and delivering to where. Like, what are some of the different scenarios that you're in?
0: You have your terminals where the pipeline, you know, you know your storage terminals where they pipeline, right? You know, from the refineries go to, and then they have big ground tanks. And then you you will go to the the pipeline terminals to load, and then you'll deliver to gas stations or or whatever. And I have to tell you, you've probably seen some of these gas stations. It's not the easiest thing to yeah. do. Anymore. 290 inch wheelbase truck which mine's stupid long i when i ordered it i wasn't planning on coming back to gas but i did but i i, I managed with it 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 does fine you know most people pe- most people don't realize you know we're getting truck and trailer transport truck transports you know you've seen how long gas trailers are you know and trucks in the gas stations most people get nervous about pulling a you know fifth wheel camper into your Comprehensive yeah. camera, and we're we're having to maneuver that, and that's what people don't understand. When they see us, a gas truck's going into somewhere a certain way, there's a reason we're doing that because you know we only right. our storage is in one spot, and we have to be creative of how we get in and out. You know, right. and uh, calculating of how we get in and out of some of these places.
1: I made reference to a tiny station on Porter Road, my Nashville neighborhood, where I've often seen combination tankers parked for delivery in spots and at angles that are no doubt a testament to those operators' understanding of geometry and skill maneuvering the rigs. Car has been there generally time and again, as noted. And here in Nashville too, more particularly. Oh, I've hauled down, down there a lot. I've hauled down, down there a lot. Yeah, a couple of years ago, uh,
0: Kroger's, the Kroger's were having a dispute with their carrier, and gas or whatever the contract was at. So, I was down there hauling the Kroger's stores. You've seen that. You've seen how tight some of them are. Oh, yeah. There.
1: there's That's one I was thinking of, too. It's not the particular one that I was thinking of when I was talking to you, but there is, yeah. Kroger on, uh, this is in my neighborhood. This is like a, Eastland and Gallatin Avenue. I don't know if you know that one at all, but uh, it's on the east side of town here, and um, anyway, it's it's pretty tight. <laughs>
0: yeah, I hauled all all over the place out there. You know, all in the So,
1: so what happened to you? What happened to you guys around COVID and um, and the kind of sounds like you just basically got a little bit overextended with uh, purchases and trying to trying to grow too fast. How, how big did how big did you get up to in terms of the number of folks that you had running under your authority and what happened? Tell me that story. Well, we
0: we made it through COVID. <laughs> Pretty good. It, it wasn't, I was overextending on money. I was yeah. overextending on it. It was, um, it was hard to get drivers, you know. Yeah. And
2: then we lost two of them at the same time.
0: We lost two drivers at the same time. Good. And um, insurance for three trucks, three trucks. I had four trailers, two were reefers, one was a tanker, and the other one was a hopper bottom. And the insurance for that, because it was new authority, was $77,000 a year just for for that. So, everything was fine. We had enough money in the bank to float us through. But when I wasn't having revenue coming in because my guys would quit or things would get slower, this or that, and the other, you know, I still had them, them bills to pay, especially that insurance. So, yeah. I was finally... I finally decided I I'm done. I'm done with this stuff, you know, so I'll give it a couple of right. years to watch what the economy is doing and, um, maybe start, start fresh and not over, over grow, you know, not grow too fast again. And I'm not going to, I don't plan on doing anything more than myself, you know, just one truck, one trailer for right. many, many years. I mean, we, we had some slow times in COVID, <laughs> but it, it, because I had two reefer trailers, that's why. As like I said, anybody can get a reefer and hopper bottom, and all three of them, my tanker sat for almost a year before I sold it. But with all three of them, you know, it was food grade product,
1: so we we stayed stayed going pretty good. Now, do you have? A, <clears throat> you just got the the tanker at the moment. Um, uh, I wonder. I was just going to ask if you if you had any of those trailers left at all. i got
2: everything
0: sold all my trucks all my trailers and i got lucky got lucky Uh, the market was starting to come back up starting to go down now i your truck and well i kept my truck yes absolutely i kept my truck but um you know there's a friend of mine that was wanting to buy a truck Oh, uh, was it last year when the market was going crazy high and going stupid? And I told him not to do it, and, and luckily he listened to me. He's like, oh, and he's an older guy. He's like, oh, Matthew, I sure am glad I listened to you. And I said, Robert, I've been through these ups and downs and swings for, you know, 25 years. And a lot of guys don't realize, you know, they under, they under it baffles their mind that I'm at the age that I am, which is younger than them, and I've been driving longer than a lot of them but I've literally right. been doing it my entire adult career. But I, I told him, I said, if you want to buy a truck and you want to get started, do it when times are bad. Cause if you make it when times are bad, you're going to do it when times are good. If you buy them when times are good, you're not going to make it when times are bad. You know, I'm glad he listened to me. And that's why things are slowed down a little bit. The economy's not doing great. You know, interest rates are going up, which I've luckily got pretty good interest rates on my trailer. Um, you know, if you can make it through the slow times, you can flourish in the good, but a lot right. of these guys do it backwards, <laughs> you know, in my opinion.
1: Matthew Carr is hopeful that serves him well with his new run at Trucking with Authority. Fortunately, he's in equipment at what he considers reasonable prices. That new trailer he mentioned, but also his 2021 Pete 389. He's about half through the note there. Fortunately, purchased prior to the big run on equipment amid the pandemic-inspired shortages.
0: I've ordered mine brand new. Ordered it, you know, and spec'd it out the way I wanted. I gave a hundred. With everything I had done, it was like one hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars for it. Right. A year later, I had people offer me two fifty for it on a used truck. You know. 225 250 i'm like what am i going to replace it with it, you know yeah. so i kept it
1: <laughs> probably a guys, good decision
0: yeah yeah because yeah, the new ones are if you can even get one or they're what two 250 now i think
1: when you get uh where are you going to be is this um is this local work that you're doing or is this I'm um yeah are you going to be centered on a particular locale or is this something where you will go to a certain place and spend a lot of time there servicing stations and then come back to a different place? How are you planning to approach it?
0: It's a little bit of both is how that works. Um, okay. You know, the, some of the suppliers that I've set up with, they um, like the idea to have someone that will travel for them which is good because you can charge a premium freight rate, rate on that and go into a location where they may have a bunch of people have the flu or something or too many people on vacation. You can go into an area like, let's say Nashville. I mean like Nashville contracts might be ish, having issues or pipeline might be down. That pad may be down or something. So if, if you're willing to travel, that's why I have a sleep room on my truck. Another reason, if you're willing to travel, you can have a premium place but most of the time price most of the time though you you just run around local you know just and that's why you see a lot of gas trucks with sleepers on them the big guys is is or the smaller outfits is because the ones that are willing to travel is the ones that you know can capitalize on you remember was it last year last november old tucker carlson said that we only had 30 days fuel uh, fuel of (laughs) supply left so that's not incorrect. That's that's normal. Right. That's all we really have. That's yeah. really that's all we have. Is if all the refineries stop working, period, then we'll have in the national reserves we'll have thirty days left. Right. But what happens is is that all goes for the government. That's strategic reserves. That's what it's for. Right. Well, everybody on the East Coast panicked. So we Let's just
1: say here it was a good time to be a fuel hauler last year. Car did very well. And he's learned a lot about the fuel movement business over the years.
0: We we charge by the gallon. We we okay. charge by the gallon. So you have so much per gallon per mile is what you charge. Like zero to fifteen is maybe three cents a gallon is what you're charging. But um, okay. you know the market the the cost on the freight's usually fixed. Pretty much, you know, unless, you know, and then you got fuel surcharge and stuff on top of that. But the price when you're buying it is up and down constantly, constantly up and down. So they're they're playing the market just like the stock market market is playing the market. So, you know, if they can, when the price changes at certain time, if they can, if the price is going way up, then they load as much as they can before that time. But, sometimes it catches them too because it may be going up 10 cents you know one day and then they buy it for let's just say make it easy numbers and because this is not their actual price but let's just say it's a dollar let's just say it's a dollar a gallon to buy it at the rack and then it goes up 10 or 15 cents you know at time x well then the next day it ends up going down and they load a full load of gas and go put it in the ground the next day freaking stuff drops you know 25 cents then they they lost money so it's it's all a game they play yeah keeps you on your toes keeps your, <laughs> keep you from getting bored i suppose <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah fringe benefits of this kind of work <laughs> yeah uh, this last year has been pretty crazy one for you guys i'm sure uh yeah doing that kind of work
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. When I first started, um fuel ban out of moved it penny one way up or down. I mean it may stay the same. If it moved if it moved two cents, everybody was in a panic mode. Now it it may have 10, 20 cent swings. Oh, it was it was after the new administration got in, things started going crazy. There was ninety there was ninety cent swings on diesel fuel at the it's crazy. That's that's huge. Ninety cents a gallon yeah. swings.
1: <laughs> What's the insurance going to look like here? Not bad. It's not, not bad.
0: bad. No, because Great West has a. They have a program for if you, one truck, one trailer, you know, small operators like that. They they're pretty fair. Right. You know, pretty fair. One of the reasons my insurance was so high before is because. A lot of these cotton picking brokers or whoever you hauled for wanted you to have, you know, three hundred thousand to half a million dollars worth of cargo liability. Well, none of their stuff you're hauling is even worth hundred thousand dollars or even twenty thousand dollars. They want you to have that cargo you know on there right. where with fuel my cargo is really low. What is high is my liability portion and because it's fuel and hazardous material and I have an umbrella policy too. But, but, but yeah, that I'll say these outfits that think their stuff's worth more than what it really is. Now I get it if it really is worth that, but a lot of these places wanted you to have that you hauled for, you know, 250 to half a million dollars worth of cargo. And that's where my insurance went up. Right. So. Right, And it it wasn't worth it, trust me, it wasn't, the freight wasn't worth what they wanted you to carry as far as, <laughs> right, <laughs> it didn't pay worth what they wanted you to have in insurance.
1: This time out with his motor carrier authority, the owner-operator moves forward with the full support of his partner at home, of course. Here's Karin Carr describing how the two met while working with Solar Transport to take us through to the end.
2: We met in the gas industry. So uh, we both worked at Solar together, Solar Transport. Okay. And, um, we met through that, and we immediately clicked. We were really good friends from the very beginning. Um, I don't think it was even that we had a lot in common necessarily. Um, so it was smart just asses. It, well, yeah, we had the same sense of humor and the same industry experience. Um, and then, so then we we were just friends for years. And um,
0: we leaned on each other when the other one was going through
2: a divorce. Yeah, we, we both went through um, divorces not too far apart from each other. Not because sure. of each other. <laughs> it's very, very important to mention. Right, right, we, right, right. Well, right. It, yeah, so then we we leaned on each other and we, you know, dated other people after our divorces. And then somehow just, we just, well, he asked if I wanted to go to dinner one night after work. And, and I said, yeah, just like for a dent you know just to meet Dinner. just to meet after work and then he came and picked me up and he had flowers and i knew that that was you actually had a bad day. i had a really bad day and he picked me up with flowers and i realized it was actually a date and we've been together i didn't think ever since. it was a date either at that time I, it, it was a date <laughs> so, yeah, so we met through the fuel industry and then you know we can't get out of trucking i've i've tried you know i went back to okay. school um to get a degree in criminology and ended up right back in trucking at solar after (laughs) I finished my degree.
1: A big thanks here to both the cars for their time, and congrats to Matthew for the nod for Overdrive's Trucker of the Year Award, for sure. You can enter your own one-to-three truck business or put forward an exceptional owner-operator you know who's well-deserving via the nomination form at overdriveonline.com. I'll put a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening, and if you haven't, leave Overdrive Radio a rating or review there. No doubt it helps interested owners find the podcast. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter, long haul Paul, Paul Hoover. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhoeffer, featuring the guitar work of Travis Snake Man himself, Lannick, Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishminko Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Cole, social media coordinator, Holly Young, executive editor, Alex Lockie, and video editors, Lawson Brutusel and Andrew Glenn. We'll see you next time.